What's shaking, everyone? My name is Colin, and this is the Flight Attendant Forum, a unique place for crew, travel gurus, and anyone enamored with aviation. Possess a passion to see the world? Share your stories, secrets, and resources here so your voice can be heard. Welcome on board. a very pleasant good morning to you and how you be at 10:23 and 35 seconds to go right along with it here on the flight attendant forum my name is colin i'm serving as your host i come to you today from my house in chicago as we record this episode on may 19th this will be the first installment of the flight attendant forum this is something that i've been meaning to put together for quite some time now it's been stewing in my brain all year and i've been trying to put the pieces together in the puzzle to uh, get the forum underway and rocking and rolling. First off, I want to thank you all for listening. I look forward to having so many of you be part of the conversation. I know there's a plethora of platforms out there um, with other flight attendants and aviation enthusiasts, pilots, etc. that highlight our world and what we do day in and day out for the traveling public. So I thought this would be a great avenue, uh, an audio avenue, if you will, to further Um, dissect our conversation and really highlight some of the great people within our community. And I'd love to uh, have many of you on the uh, on on the forum. I look forward to getting this started and getting it rolling. So with that being said, I'd like to tell you a little bit about myself, where I came from, how long I've been with my respective airline for how the month of May has been for me or really 23 2023 has been for me as a whole, as well as uh, what the rest of the year looks like for me. As we, as we all know, we live our lives pretty much in the future and always on a month-to-month basis. So with that being said, I grew up in a small town on the shoreline of Connecticut called Madison. It's very, very tiny. Uh, it's very your picturesque, quintessential New England-type town. Uh, it's great in the summertime. It's a barren wasteland in the winter. So if you know anything about it, you're from that area, you know what I'm talking about. I moved to Chicago in 2017, November of 17, so I've been here so going into my sixth year now, and I started with my respect with my airline in 2018. Uh, prior to that, I was being a restaurant guy. I was kind of following my brother's footsteps a little bit. He's in the liquor industry now, has a great job with uh, Beam Suntory, as that is his primary employer, and I thought that maybe that might be a path for me as I grew up in a culinary family. My dad is a chef and my mom, when they were together and worked together, they were able to uh, have great great success and sustain that success over a long time. So I thought that might be my path. However, when I was younger, I actually used to take flying lessons. Uh, My dad thought that might be a good way to get me to stop smoking weed and stop hanging out with people that also smoke lots of weed. So I thought flying airplanes might be a fun thing for me, but in the end, all I wanted to do was keep getting high. So I never finished my pilot's license and couldn't get out of my own way, so to speak, when I was uh, in high school. I was more or less a troubled high school teen, if you will. I seem to right my ship and flatten myself out now, and uh, it's all in the past, but uh, I've always been enamored with aviation and planes and flight. Even on my off days from the restaurant, I would always take the train down to Rosemont and hang out by O'Hare and watch planes take off and land. It was always a fun activity for me. It just brought me joy and happiness. And for some reason, I could sit there for hours and just 
watched watch planes go by and it was entertaining to me. And then I had the idea of becoming a flight attendant. Actually, when I was in college, I remember when I was in college, I briefly looked into it towards the end of my graduation. And I thought that a seniority based job wasn't necessarily for me. It seemed like I had, you know, a lot more to prove and a lot more of a chip on my shoulder. And I wanted to show my worth when I graduated college. So I kind of pressed pause on that. And albeit it was a very light pause, I didn't really put much thought of into it at all. I just vaguely remember browsing uh, one of the airline's careers websites back in 20, I think, 15 or 14. So fast forward to a very, very, very fond, kind of fond memory, or more so a very painful memory from when I realized that I needed to change my career. And I remember a friend of mine and I went out for a night in Chicago, and we were out probably till two or three in the morning, and we were absolutely inebriated, creatures of the night, if you will. And I remember being at a diner somewhere in River North and staring out the window, watching the sun come up, and also thinking that I had to go to work at 7 a.m. And it was had to have been at least 5 or 5.30 in the morning. So we blitzed back to his house, passed out on his bed, and I managed to get myself to work. And I remember it was a Sunday brunch, and we were fully booked, and I thought there is no way in hell that I can cook under these merciless conditions that I find myself in. But lo, lo and behold, I was out there schlepping eggs, bennies and flipping pancakes and grilling sausages all morning long and somehow not disintegrating and dying on the floor behind the sweltering hot kitchen. So once that service concluded, I got home and I thought, okay, I need to change my direction here. One, because I'm very hungover and I'm dying, but also because I know that a career in the kitchen is very tiresome, it's very hard on your body physically, and financially is one of the tougher industries to crack. Uh, for those of you out there who have worked in restaurants, I know that's many of us, as a lot of us come from the service industry or hospitality world between restaurants and hotels. So I managed to uh, spin up the flight attendant thing kind of popped in my head again and I thought I'd give it a shot and I did apply for my current airline actually in April of 2018 and believe it or not I went down there and interviewed and I very I was very cocksure that I would get hired on the spot I did not put put much much research into the job and what the interview itself entailed as I put together whatever dress clothes I had hanging in my closet, and I remember looking not my greatest in terms of my clothing selection. So I went down there and just thought I could talk my way through, and I remember after the inter interview had concluded that I more or less got a feeling of the thanks but no thanks vibe from the gentleman that uh, accompanied me out the door to the shuttle then back to the airport. And lo and behold, a few days later, I was met with a thanks but no thanks email, and you're welcome to try again in a few months. So that didn't sit, sit right with me, although I was rightfully humbled by the experience and needing to know that I need to prepare better and to execute better when applying for a job that is highly coveted, such as a flight attendant job. So I reapplied after six months. I went back to the restaurant. I worked at Ballast Point Brewery in the West Loop, which has since closed, but I was doing a one-two punch there between Jam, which was in Logan Square, one of my very, very 
utmost favorite brunch places in all of Chicago is also permanently closed. It's very special to my heart. So those of you who ever went there or know of it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. That malted custard French toast, simply divine. So once I applied again later in the summer, I went down there with a newfound attitude and respect for the people that were also there with me. And I'm, I ensured that I put my best foot forward and prepared as I needed to, to have as best an interview as I could. And I remember everyone, including myself, almost smiling until it hurt because each management person that walked by that always make direct eye contact, you, eye contact with you to ensure that you're smiling. And I think that was probably a thing that they looked for uh, back in 2018 when they were bringing on new team members for their respective airline. And I remember my cheeks were ever so sore by the end of the day. And of course, the biggest check mark of them all when you are applying for this job is are you willing to relocate? Because with the copious amounts of bases that exist within each respective airline's uh, hub network, you know that whether you live in Chicago, you live in Newark, you live in Philadelphia, Charlotte, you live in Salt Lake City or, or Minneapolis, you know that there's a chance that you may not get based there and you are more or less signing your life away to being jettisoned outside of your uh, place of residence. However, I was fully not willing to relocate and I was fully not willing to move in any way, shape or form. I had just heard before I uh, eventually got accepted to the training program down in Houston that Chicago and Boston were uh, respectively were on the base choice list for new hires who were in training. So of course, getting down to Houston and you know getting in the in the throngs of the training program, the number one fear, of course, was naturally getting stuck in Boston. Now, albeit I have friends there and I went to college there, so it wouldn't be a total dead end, but I was fully hoping that I would be sent to Chicago. And let me tell you, that wait was excruciatingly difficult. I remember when the instructor came into release the base choices to our class of about 50 or 60 of us and they had everyone stand up when they started calling Nate when they called names at everybody stand up and when they finished calling people's names some were standing up some were sitting down I was one of the people who were sitting who was sitting down and they said okay so those of you who are standing up you are going to Boston and for those of you sitting down you are going to Chicago and let me tell you, I thought my heart was going to explode out of my chest and impale the instructor straight in the head if I had gotten told that I was going to Boston. But relief uh, was a place of respite for me as I knew that I could coast through the rest of my training at ease, knowing that I'd be going back home. And as far as the training goes, I had a great time down there. It was a wonderful experience. I know all of you have had different training experiences with your respective airlines and you have different stories and tips and facts and things. And I'm sure there's some of you who did not make it through training for the first time and you ended up coming back and you succeeded the second time around. And that happens to everybody. It's very nerve wracking, especially when you're doing certain drills and you're training for certain emergency procedures. It can be very daunting and it's important that, you know, you don't let that get to you and you work as a team collectively the best you can and not let your nerves overtake you so that you know that you're going to be perpetually successful throughout the training program.
And of course, this all culminates in a final day of evaluation and final exams. So you have your evacs, your doors, and your safety equipment, and all emergency procedures that are pertinent to our job and that we were trained for for six and a half weeks, all jammed into one very stressful, very nerve-wracking, and very long, long day. And after the day is over, you are brought into a separate room, and for those that have made it, made it into that separate room, they were all successful in their training, in their final door exams and equipment and emergency procedures. And sadly, for those that were not, they are brought out a separate entrance and they are escorted back to the airport and sent home. However, they are more than welcome to come back. They're usually offered another training date in the uh, subsequent weeks to come back and try again. And I know that happened to a few, few people in my training class, which was 1811. So those of you out there who are in 1811, you know me, I know you, we know who came back, we know who didn't, and we know who were successful in the very end. And for those of you that came back and you ultimately came through training a second time and you've been flying ever since then, you are a much better flight attendant than I am. You'll be a much better flight attendant than I will ever be. And I laud you and anyone out there who has had to come back and do training twice or three times over again, because it's people like you that have that determination, people like you that have those desires and dreams to follow in your footsteps and successfully complete the career that you want and the career that makes you happy. So again, I laud all of you who have done that. And I think that's a very admirable thing to do. And it makes you a better person and better, uh, better worker and better representative representative of your airline as a whole. And then of course, when you actually graduate training, you are sent to your base. So I was sent back to Chicago and we were given about six days or so to kind of get settled and reset before things really started to take off. Ha ha. And then our career as a flight tenant would start and it starts out on reserve. So we all know what reserve is. And for those of you that don't, we will dive in, take a deeper dive into reserve and what it entails and everything encapsulated within the reserve life um, at a future episode, but reserve is more or less on call. So you are at the company's beckoning whenever they need you, they will phone you and you could be anywhere from 24 hours in advance to three hours notice. And you could be going anywhere from Columbus, Ohio to Shanghai, China. And that is the more or less uh, surprising and you never know with being a flight attendant. So it adds a nice little ripple of more or less, I guess, you could put it a little, little, little element of surprise, I suppose, you, you could say. And that's what makes our job so enticing and so exciting and, and gives us an opportunity to see the world uh, from a different lens. Instead of planning to see it on our time, we're seeing it on the company's time. And it puts us in the driver's seat of adventure and experience. And I think it's a really great opportunity uh, to see new places, especially uh, for those who have never traveled outside the country or for those who have only been to Europe or those who have been to Asia or Hawaii or Central America, South America, you name it, uh, with the bevy of international destinations from uh, all airlines that are flown. It really offers a unique perspective into what we can see with the world and see the, seeing the world through our eyes as well as the public's eye and being able to form our own opinions and expectations and experiences and really just create a more or less a storybook of our lives and our lives of travel and you know the people that we spent them with and that we continue to do that with and we will continue to do that with for the future um, and it really is a unique opportunity to create everlasting bonds and friendships with your coworkers and with your colleagues and anyone who is flying with you that day to wherever you're going and I can tell you I've had 
phenomenal experiences in places like Madison, Wisconsin, which I absolutely adore. And I've had great experiences in Panama City, Panama. And, you know, it all sometimes just boils down to who you're with and um, the company matters. And of course, uh, a solo mission, a little solo dolo action is nothing wrong with that. I've had great solo uh, adventures by myself. Uh, I can probably dive into my layover journal a little later, but it really just offers a a complete um, different different optics as far as how you can view getting out and um, how how you work and how you like to uh, explore the world and uh, explore the world through your eyes. And I think we all have stories told through our eyes, and I think it's an exciting. Uh, time now, especially as we are pretty much out of the throngs of the pandemic and we are moving into the next phase of aviation and flight in the future. I think this is a very exciting time for everyone. Uh, for those of you who are out there and who are already employed with your respective airline, for those of you who are trying to get employed with an airline, I think it couldn't be a better timing than now. And it's such a big thing is timing, timing, timing. And I remember that when I started, it was a great time. It was a great time for really, I guess, anyone in 2018 who was uh, looking for a growth job and looking for a job that was really bur- uh, 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 an industry that was really burgeoning as far as travel goes. And of course, when COVID hit, that put a whole uh, put a huge damper on everything, as we all know. And we'll get into you know the year 2020 and what it, what that looked like from uh, our point of view and what that was like working through the pandemic for those of you that did. I know I was one of those, I was a very few that did uh, before we experienced a furlough. So there's plenty to dive into um, from way, way back when, when uh, the, the first flight uh, took off the ground and the history of flight attendants and up until now. So from however many years ago, 50, 60, 70 years ago, uh, up until now, it's really just going to be a deep dive into uh, the world of a flight attendant, the world of a pilot, the world of the traveling public. And this is really a, a forum for anyone, like I said earlier, for anyone who wants to kind of escape and uh, not not only hear the flight attendant view of things, because I know once I know many people can relate to this. If you're at a family gathering or a party or whatever, and you meet someone new and they say, Oh, what do you do for work? Oh, I'm a flight attendant. Then they seemingly drop everything that they're about to hurl out of their mouths. And they're 100% locked in on what you have to say and all your stories and travel experiences and anything that is relative to that. So I know I can attest to that as well. So I think our job is a great talking point. I think being able to experience the world from our point of view is also very helpful for those who have not traveled much at all or those who are looking to go to places that they've heard about or they've wanted to go to, but they are not sure because they haven't had uh, anyone else close to them go there and experience that. So I think, you know, whether you're going to Portugal, Vietnam, Argentina, Honduras, Hawaii, I think uh, hearing our feedback and our reviews of places that we've been to could be very helpful to the general public as well. So I know a lot of you have a myriad of stories that would be super helpful for this. So I look forward to diving into that as well. So no, I got a little sidetracked here and I'm kind of all over the place. I'm trying to jam in as much as I can. Don't want to drag on too long here with this introductory first episode, call it chapter one, if you will. And, you know, looking forward to the summer I look forward to having some of some of my friends on, some of my colleagues, and other people within the industry. So, if you feel like you want to join the conversation, please uh, let me know. Um, I will tag any social channels in the description below once I upload this to Apple Podcasts and any subsequent episodes as well. Um, any 
one who does want to participate will probably most likely be on Zoom. Uh, any steps regarding that will be uh, forwarded to you. I'll either text or email that to you once we get in communication. So just keep that in mind. I'd love to have you on. Love to learn about you. Love for you to share your story and really start this from ground zero and create a nice solid foundation so that people can refer to this forum and use it as a platform to express themselves and to share who they are, what they want to do, their goals, and you know any sort of experience or travel story or really anything that um, they feel passionate about. And I know, again, there's a lot of other uh, platforms that share this type of stuff, but I figured being able to talk one-on-one or uh, multiple people in a chat room um, would be a really, really cool experience. And I think it'd be a unique opportunity to share everything about our lives and what we do and, you know, um, really highlight again, some of the amazing people that are in our industry. So I look forward to doing that. I thank you all for listening up until this point. If you haven't, then that means I'm not entertaining enough and I promise I am just bear with me. Just trying to get my legs under me here and channel my, uh, inner radio guy voice if you can. So trust me, I will be certain to draw you in. And I have a plethora of fantastic stories on my behalf as well from my brief five years here at my airline. So we'll, we'll take a deep dive into it. Uh, there is no limit as far as anything you can or cannot say. If you want to swear, great, go for it. I don't care. I usually am got somewhat of a potty mouth. I'm just keeping it clean for this first episode. And then once we get into the nitty gritty, um, we will, uh, you know, we'll have, we'll have some fun. So please, by all means, uh, reach out to me. Let me know if you, uh, want to be a part of this and you want to participate. Let's have some fun. Let's, um, you know, share our experiences and our stories and our wisdom with people in the world. And, um, let's share it with each other most importantly, and let's be here for each other and let's, um, you know, be a, be a resource for people who need it and do anything we can to not only, uh, develop, us as flight attendants, but to other to also usher in the new wave of flight attendants that are coming in um, at this time as we look towards uh, 2023 summer and so on. So thanks so much, and we hope to see you soon, and we'll talk to you soon. Until then, arrivederci.